You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to episode 205 of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I want to begin today by reminding you, doing a quick review of what you can expect to get from this show. The topic, of course, is storytelling. And I approach that topic with two different, by focusing on two different aspects of storytelling. One is how technically to tell stories. I've done an entire series on that. You can find them in the archives about how to structure your communication so that you're telling the story in an engaging way, in a way that compels people to listen to you. The second aspect of storytelling that is incredibly important as well is how everything that you think, everything that you say to others and of course, to yourselves, all of these things are stories. Our beliefs, as powerful and as compelling as they may seem, as absolute objective truths about life and the world, they're really incredibly seductive stories that we have created. Sometimes we've created them by embracing them or adapting them from the outside world. We were told things by our parents, by our teachers, certainly by the media, and by society in general, and we form beliefs that we accept as absolute truth, and they're not. They may be useful to us, Sometimes they're actually harmful, and it's my hope that you, by listening to this podcast, develop your own higher awareness about how you tell stories to yourself and how you communicate those stories to the world. Today, we're going to focus on a powerful kind of story that we all tell to ourselves. You've probably heard of the expression, it's an acronym, FOMO, F-O-M-O. And what does it mean? Fear of missing out. We all experience that in different areas of our lives. Sometimes it's harmless, At other times, it's not so harmless. Let's take a closer look at FOMO and how 
there are different FOMO stories that we buy into and how they affect our lives, what implications they have. The first one is an obvious one, especially today with the Internet. When we shop or when we don't intend to shop online, but a shiny object catches our eye, we start paying attention to it. Perhaps it's a a very catchy video about something we've been thinking about and an offer is made to us to buy something and we 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 take the bait you know those powerful uh seductive vehicles that get us are literally called click bait facebook ads videos on youtube blog articles and posts short posts on twitter any form of social media can be a form of clickbait i know that i'm very given to buying shiny objects and here's how fomo and the story around fomo influences my buying decision and probably often your buying decisions. I'll be, I'll get caught by an ad that tells me about a course that's going to make me a better marketer on social media. And the promise is that when I learn how to use Facebook more effectively as a marketing medium, that my income will double or triple or even 10x. And the story that's presented to me in the the video or the ad or the sales letter, if it's done well, will be very vivid. It will appeal to my senses. It will paint a picture. And here's what's important. I never buy the thing, you never buy the thing. You buy the promise of the thing, you buy the transformation that the thing is offering you. Basically, we are buying dreams. We are buying something that we desire. We want to go from a before state to an after state that is much better in our minds. And when the marketing is effective, it will use the powerful marketing tool of urgency and of a of scarcity. Scarcity is incredibly powerful. How is it used? Usually with a time limitation. Here's a special offer I can have this course for only $97, but only for the next 48 hours. That clock starts starts ticking in my head if I really desire this outcome that I'm going to get, that I believe I'm going to get from this course, but I'm not sure if I want to spend the money. So now a narrative is born in my head. 
I'll be thinking about it. I'll be thinking about what my life will be like once I have this course and I've learned it, I've mastered the material, and I get excited. Maybe I put it aside, but the thoughts are still there. The narrative is still going on. Every once in a while, a phrase from that narrative pops into my head and says to me, Hey, you know, now there's only about six hours left, and you haven't made a decision yet, and you know that you really don't like the state you're in, and that that course will bring you to the state that you desire. What happens when the last 15 or 10 minutes are at hand, and I'm receiving more emails from the marketer reminding me that, well, in about 15 minutes, the game is over. I will have lost the opportunity to have this transformation in my life. Very often, I will go right to the 11th hour, and then I will buy the course. I will buy the thing. Well, like I said, I think I'm buying the thing, but I'm buying the promise of the thing. Have you done that? Do you do it often? Come on, be honest with yourself. You don't have to tell me. You can. You can send me a message about how you've done this in the past. But again, you don't have to. This is for you to acknowledge for yourself. FOMO is a story that influences your buying decisions often. Let's look at it in another area of our life. An area where maybe it's not as harmless. Because I consider the shopping thing and buying shiny objects fairly harmless, unless, of course, we're jumping in for things that we absolutely really are not going to use and don't quote-unquote need, and we're spending thousands or tens of thousands of dollars on them that put us into debt, and they're not harmless. But most of the time, the things that I bought, even the ones that I haven't used, are fairly harmless. I won't end up on a bread line or homeless because I purchased them. Now let's look at multitasking and how this might be related to FOMO. We are all given to multitasking, especially more and more today, because we have so many distractions that are hitting us, that we're allowing to hit us during all of our waking hours. The internet, it's bombarding us with so many distractions 24-7. And sometimes those distractions have to do with things that we believe we have to do. We have to read an article. We have to respond to emails. We have to post things on social media. These have-tos, by the way, are stories. 
but we believe them. And so, the FOMO story develops around time. We start to feel overwhelmed, and the essential story that we buy into is, we don't have enough time to do all the quote-unquote important things that we have to do. And so we find ourselves often multitasking. We'll read an article, we'll have it open in one tab. In another tab, we'll have a Facebook account open and we'll be posting there. And perhaps we'll also have another tab open that we're paying attention to um, that has to do with our email. Maybe even quickly uh, spotting a new email and deciding spontaneously to respond to it because we're trying to stay on top of things. We feel overwhelmed. Overwhelm is a story. And when it's related to not enough time, we have a fear of missing out on the benefits of, of doing those things. Missing out on benefits if we don't do them. If we don't respond to an email, we think we're not going to receive a certain benefit. Maybe we're going to lose an account. We're going to lose a sale, etc., etc. We are then puppets of time. And we are allowing the overwhelm narrative, the overwhelm story that is created to an anxiety, a fear of missing out to control our lives while we're multitasking. And what's really exciting is that I'm going to prove to you at the end of this podcast, I'm going to help you prove to yourself that the story that says, I don't have enough time and that I can multitask is just a fantasy. And you don't have to be a slave to it. So stick around and you will get a really incredible aha that will liberate you and give you back valuable time. Now let's look at a not-so-harmless kind of FOMO, a story around time. Again, it's definitely around time. This form of FOMO influences our intimate relationships. Some people choose partners in their lives, life partners, husbands and wives, significant others, out of a fear of being alone. They have that fear of missing out on the richness, which is a promise that a relationship offers us. And that is very, very powerfully related to our dreams, our fantasies about what life will be like alone versus what life will be like with the perfect partner. Women will respond to their biological clock and sometimes they'll choose a mate 
because they feel if I don't get married soon, I will lose out on having a child. And I really, really want a child. And of course, I can reach an age when I'm too old to have a child or it'll become dangerous for me to have a child at a certain age. And sometimes we end up settling for a partner instead of choosing someone because we legitimately love that person. We tell ourselves a story about what a wonderful mate this person is, even though there are many things about this person that may be red lights, that may be telling us, you know what, you can do better. This partner may not be the ideal partner for you, but you ignore those signals because of fear, fear of missing out on something. And remember, if you're really truthful with yourself, that something is an image, a vivid story that has an emotional power over you. And hopefully you're not the one or one of those who has found themselves in a really painful and bad relationship that you've had to get out of because you jumped in out of fear of being alone. Only you know the truth about this. If you're in a relationship now that perhaps you entered because you allowed yourself to settle out of fear, don't beat yourself up. You're human. We all do that. And it's never too late to reassess. It's never too late to change your story and to change your life. I realize that this is 2019 and that we live in a world with rapidly changing values. And what I stated about women responding to their biological clocks, for some of you women listening to this, might have very, very little relevance because it's more customary today for women to make a choice. You know what? I don't need a mate to support me. I don't need a mate to feel fulfilled. I can be very happy on my own. And if I want a child, I don't have to be married. I don't have to have a husband. And those are very valid choices. I acknowledge that. I also know that there will be other people who will jump into relationships because of fear of being alone. I promised you that I would prove to you or help you prove to yourself that FOMO around multitasking and the story, I don't have enough time to do all the things I have to do, is just a story and you don't have to be controlled by it. You can eliminate, you can certainly diminish the anxiety and the fear that you feel in the face of that story. Okay, let's begin with, I don't have enough time. 
Have you ever noticed that there are many, many people who accomplish ten times what you do? And you wonder how they possibly do it? Do they have more time than you? No one has more time. We all are given 24 hours a day. That's it. No more, no less. And in that day, some people accomplish a lot, others accomplish little, and some accomplish nothing. Sometimes, sometimes we experience all three. We have productive days, we have moderately productive days, and we have totally unproductive days. So, we all have the same amount of time. But I told you that multitasking is a lie. Basically, it's a story. You can't really multitask. So here's how you're going to not only prove it to yourself, but liberate yourself from the problem. You're going to do an exercise with a partner. Find someone who is close to you, who can also get value from this, and do this exercise together. Take each of you have a sheet of paper in front of you. And then you decide which of you is going to be the multitasker and which of you is going to be the focuser, the person who only does one thing at a time. And you're going to work on three different tasks, and they're very simple. Make three columns on the sheet of paper in front of you. And in the first column, you're going to write in vertical, vertically in that column, all of the numbers, the even numbers from 2 to 24. So that would be 2, 4, 6, 8, and you keep going until you get to the number 24. And then in the second column, you're going to write the months of the year in order from January to December. And in column number three, you're going to write all the numbers, odd numbers, from 1 to 23. So it's 1, 3, 5, 7, so on, until you get to 23. The person who has the designated multitasker is going to do this horizontally. So simply that simply means that that person will write in the first column, write number two, then in the second column, write January, and in the third column, write number one. The focuser is going to begin and you're going to write one column until you complete it. So you're going to go from 2, 4, 6, 8, right down to 24 before you begin the months of the year. January to December, and then when you get to December, then you begin the odd numbers from 1 to 23. You both start at the same time. You decide when, okay, now begin. 
And as soon as one of you finishes a column, you say out loud, done. Do this exercise together. It'll be fun. And see who wins in terms of having done, said done more times first. Got it? You will be amazed at what you discover. Not only that, you'll probably be relieved because you should discover that, well, I'm going to let you discover it for yourself. And then you decide if multitasking can really, really work for you in your favor or if it's just you telling yourself a story, responding to FOMO and to overwhelm and kidding yourself about what you can get done and also kidding yourself about the fact that you don't have enough time. You never need to be overwhelmed again. Overwhelm has very little to do In fact, it probably has nothing to do ultimately with the circumstances outside of you. It has to do with how you have trained your mind to either respond to circumstances or react to them. I didn't invent this wonderful exercise. The man who did is Dean Jackson. He is a brilliant marketer. He is uh, closely related to, partnered with, Joe Polish, another brilliant marketer, and you can hear the two of them often on the podcast, I Love Marketing. To get you in the right frame of mind and to help you get into the the place of decision to do this exercise and to move your life forward, begin by asking, how can I change my story, and change my life. Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.